Hi, you're listening to Oh Hey Heather, Tell Me a Story. Real stories, real experiences, by real people. I hope you enjoy. Hey, I was thinking, I didn't send Christmas cards this year. I'm one of those people that up until last year, I did. And sometimes I even just send cards for no reason to certain people. But I don't do it as often as I used to. Maybe like once or twice a year it becomes something I think about doing. But I was thinking about that in relationship also to your your daily lives. Like what I'm getting to is sometimes I think... We focus so much on what is wrong that we forget to acknowledge and create loving, genuine, positive accolades for when things are going right. And I know with the way we're living in our world today, man... I think our uh, consensus average patience rate is 0.9 seconds. And we've gotten away from intentions, just actions. Like we judge actions without deeper diving into intentions. And I think it's in there that you get a little bit better into thinking about what you're saying about somebody before you say it. And I'm preaching from experience on both sides of it because even though I've been actively more engaged in what I'm talking about now, which is why I want to share it, because what I have learned is that the more I imply intention, the more when someone's complaining to me about something I don't agree with, I'm able to see their intention before letting them see mine. And it helps me talk with them through more of an open-minded idea to look through, like a new lens a new filter to look at the situation again, like a a vantage point that gives you a little more insight to a possible another way. Kind of like how the, you know, the media and the news will manipulate a shot in a uh, video to lean toward what they're trying to influence, you know, both sides, doesn't matter, whichever. But they show the context of it in the way that shapes it to be supporting the agenda they have that's bigger than that you know so and then only tell the pieces and parts they want to tell omitting the other facts that could be damning to their case I say this one uh, one lady at work that I really respect she actually made a comment she said you have to pull from both sides to find the truth and I was like yes that is exactly right and that is why she's one of my favorite people at work because she's got the muscle She's got that exercised, the intent. 
she thinks about the intent before making the decision to either seek more information to get to the intent or to decide if this person was truly coming from a good place and just acting wrong about executing it or is this person genuinely trying to piss me off if you take just a few seconds to be curious and not furious it changes your whole view and it lets you see kind of with a new pair of glasses i i make that joke at work to a very large majority of people who have that lens or are practicing the lens and saying, talk more to it. I think that's why people are coming to me a lot more than they used to for discussions on things because I don't want to jump to any conclusions ever. I really want to vet out every possible idea and talk through motive before ever deciding if it's something that needs pursued or if it was just misunderstood and not really intended to be that way and then it drops and it falls off. And that really helps a lot of people. Because if you always have the unknown, like you don't know the motive or you don't know the intent, you can't get to the root of it, you just know that whatever happened was kind of shitty, then that starts building up on something that can create you not liking someone. I'm, I'm had that happen to me. And then look back and think, oh, I guess we should have talked those things through because now looking through it in another lens, I think we could have worked it out. I think we could have figured this out together. I think that happens in a lot. I think it happens in every place of our life. From our, God forbid, our personal circles, you know, close family, close relationships, spouses, to coworkers, to people that cut you off in traffic, to other people that look differently than you I mean until you know the intent so I was thinking about how you do it and that's when the curious not furious came up because I was taught that and it helped me really slow down because now it's fun it's almost like you watch someone do some abhorrent behavior whether it be standing in line at Kroger or uh, at work or in the boardroom, whatever, I don't know, and you're just sitting there like, huh, I wonder what made that happen. That was bizarre, or that was cool, or that was random, or that was aggressive, or that was funny, or that was whatever. And think about the intent. So anyway, back to the glasses, I was making jokes to all the majority of the people about how there was this movie in the late 80s, it was uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, and it was called They Live, and he got these sunglasses, and when he put the sunglasses on, he could see who were aliens and who were human, and then he knew which ones to destroy because the aliens were horrible, and they were so creepy, they were like, they were like those Halloween skeletons where there's they're skeletons, but they still have round eyeballs in them. And ugh, they were just so spooky. So <laughs> I was like, if you just breathe and are curious and not furious, it's like you're Rowdy Rowdy Piper and you have sunglasses. Because it really helps you see 
maybe somebody's intention. I mean, and this can get really deep, like that weird Inception movie that you got to watch three times to even get, and I'm still only one and a half and over it. But the sometimes people say things that I don't agree with, and I'm like, whoa, 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 slow down there, tiger. But I like them enough to find out, like, what's going on? Why are you thinking that severe about somebody else? Like, what happened? And then they, you know, open up, tell you, and you're like, huh. You're like, well, I actually know them, and I know this and this and this, and I'm not saying it, you know, excuses that behavior, but I think they've got a lot going on, so maybe maybe there's something that I can help or someone else can talk to them about to figure out what was fueling them to be a dick that day. And then usually it works itself out. Because, you know, I was just telling my friend the other day, this is like general life information. But if you're going to be a dick, like, and I always say being, like you're being one. I'm not saying you are one. I say quit being one. Because if you're being one, sometimes you may not realize you're being one. You know, sometimes you might be coming off like you, you don't realize you're being a dick, but somebody interprets it as you're being a dick based on something else or some way or I don't know, however they took it. I think of it as like like a, a ripple. You know, like everybody has, has energy, you know, aura. That's why you're attracted to certain people and, you know, so other people kind of weird you out. But these auras, these ripples of waves that go out and sometimes the wrong ones hit someone the wrong way and they're like, hey, you splashed me, you know? And other people are just like, oh, it's so relaxing. Anyway, getting all analogy heavy today. But what I'm trying to say is sometimes you don't mean to be a dick, but you are. And you figure it out, learn about it, and don't do it again because you don't want to be a dick. Nobody wants to be a dick, but some people do. And that's the difference. If time after time you are convinced that that person is just wanting to be a dick to be a dick, then I would be done. Like, and I said, D-O-N-E, done in 21. Done meaning dicks are now exiting. No, that's not right. That's funny. I just said it yesterday. Oh, dicks out. No ex now exiting. That's what I said. Anyway. I just feel like if people are being dicks but don't mean to be, which is very common these days, guys. You all have that brother, you all have that cousin, you all have that coworker that are just like totally on the opposite idea of what you're thinking is right. And you know that no matter what you say or explain with what you believe to be the most common sense based on your own experiences of how things are structured and how things work and how one thing does the other and da 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 and inconsistencies and finding patterns and I mean if your job is strategy you're going to listen to all of these things and you're going to make decisions for yourself on is that the path that is best for the majority of all 
And if that is the path that is the best majority of all, and I'm not saying the top 5% or even the top 10%, I'm saying the majority of all, then don't make it. If you know the decision you make is going to F these people, but you feel better about it, that's a really messed up scale. And if you're trying to make it so that, like, you can't make everybody happy. You can't. But a lot of times we are way off balance here, which causes the disruptions. And what I have found is that there are some people, even diving into the political realm, when they say something way off there that I'm like, whoa, 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 that, that would lead to a really bad world. You, you don't, that's like A plus B equals X. And it's like, no, it actually equals C. And that's what's going to happen. So you're, you're like, oh, great. And then you start going down the whole, you know, stereotype road of they're this and they're this and they're this and they're this and they're this. Because we have now connected dots that if you're this, you must be this. If you like this person, you must be this. It's like, no. No. Be curious, not furious. So I ask the question, why do you believe that? What do you believe the outcome will be from that? If that were to happen, how would you see things getting done? And I do that not as a way to prod or prone. I do it as a way to try and understand what their thinking is, what they've heard or learned, and whether or not this is something that you can help understand, or perhaps make you think about some things as well that you hadn't thought of. We've lost that. And I happen to have no problem calmly, rationally, discussing with people that I do not understand their method of thinking or belief to help me so that at the end of the day, worst case scenario, we leave there disagreeing with beliefs, but totally understanding why the other person is that way and accepting that. Now, I understand that sometimes you can't do that because you absolutely have to have one way or the other. It can't just be a truce. But a truce is all we need right now. All of the people that are making the machine run, I'm not talking about the top machine C-suite, I'm talking about us, the machine, the workers, the people making this place run, the people trying to make sure someone can get a couch in under a month and can still shop and get their precious toilet paper and whatever. Those of us that are feeding the machine all have to unite, period. Do not pick a side and only find things that are that side, please. What I ask is that as you're consuming anything that is being fed to you, whether it be from the media, the propaganda, the news, the government, anything that is being pushed down on us, CDC guidelines, all of it, anything being pushed down, even in your own company, upper management pushing it down, ask the intention, okay? 
Ask the intention of why they said that that way. And ask yourself, are they being a dick to somebody? Are they purposefully trying to be a dick to someone else so that you don't like them either? Are they trying to influence you to have negative, bad feelings about somebody else that once was somebody you loved or cared about or thought was nice or had great intentions? And ask yourself, why would they want to do that to me? Why would they want me to feel that kind of negativity And what would the desired outcome be? What would happen if that plan went into effect? What would our world look like if we allowed that? And and then decipher the person next to you who's wanting to rip your face off because you don't believe what they believe. And just say, look, don't be a dick. Let's talk about this. I want to understand you. You want to understand me. Let's be curious, not furious. Because a lot of times, if we understand this is what I always tell my husband when he, and he's right though. I mean, he is absolutely right. Some of the things that have come down on us as if we feel just because we're asking questions and we're not accepting headlines, but digging a little bit deeper into the intentions and finding if there is, you know, as a person who writes and does all, you know, the advertising and things, I have myself seen in 22 years of working the change that has occurred in the world that I was pretty heavily buying into, teaching, mentoring, leading, and also helping, in my opinion, and I don't care, it's it's out there, it's shaping it a little bit, at least in my market. There are things that I know that have happened because we've discussed all of it, and, and now I see a world that I thought, was it really just that great at hiding it? Or was it always there and I just didn't see it? Because it's been something progressively happening over my entire lifetime. Kind of like how I hadn't put together, you know, we went through a really rough time in rural West Virginia growing up where my dad was laid off from the the steel mills when everything shut down and went away because everything shifted to plastic. I remember some of the steel that they would produce was to make Skippy peanut butter lids. And they went to plastic. Everything went to plastic. And now, you know, you're reading and hearing and listening to all the things that are happening because of all the plastic that we've ingested. We've ingested it. We've scrubbed it on our skin so that we smelled nice. You know, we've um, it's in, it's in everything. It's in your shampoos. It's in your laundry detergents. It's in your, I don't know. It's in everything. I mean, there's nothing, you can't escape it all. It's in your flooring. It's in your doors. It's in your dishes. It's like, it's in everything. But what I thought I could do to help myself, like start pulling us all away from it because it truly is destroying the reproductive health of people. And more and more, I'm getting a little nervous because you hear rumors like, Oh, the vaccine, you know, there's reproductive issues. Young people shouldn't be taking it. It's going to hurt things. Again, I rumors. I have no scientific proof because we don't know because we never get told the truth. We only hear rumors and then everybody has to make their own decision and they make us all hate each other so that we socially push everyone into 
like we herd ourselves into the pens or whatever. Um, see, where was I? Media, changes, shifting, influential writing. I remember that there were strict guidelines that you could not ever buy your way into editorial space because of your advertising budgets. You might be able to get a meeting with an editor to speak to, to determine if whether or not you could be a good reference for testimonials when they're dealing with something within your industry as an expert, you know, like panel or person to tap into, which I think is hugely beneficial, much more effective than you could ever do with advertising anyway. But now I'm not so sure. Now I feel like I see it and I'm thinking, okay, I remember succinctly when I was starting to go into writing and into school and and understanding which way I was most passionate about it. I like personal reflection, short story, documentary, like documentary meaning like self, whatever, autobiography, reality show, like I thought that's hilarious to me. Um, but that again, because it's authentic and long story short, I, I, journalism would scare the crap out of me because I was always intimidated by doing the references where I have to, um, you know, list your, all the articles and where you referred from, because everything had to be based on sole fact, no influence at all. Like you could not be editorial and like journal, like you couldn't mix them because that wasn't correct. If you had anything that had a personal belief that was leaning someone to think the way you were thinking, it would be considered an editorial section. It would not be considered a news section. And now news is editorial. It's all editorial. And then depending on the way you think, this is where I think it is so funny the the stereotypes that have been created out of nothing are stating that if you are gay, transgender, of darker skin tones, or any other thing that's saying you have to be liberal if if you like those, if you are that, if you agree with the conservative side of how they want our country to be treated and ran. So forget that Apple and Google, they all do these things where it actually is at the expense of the quality of life of China people. I mean, they have nets around their buildings to catch the jumpers. And we know it's a communist country. We know they have slaves. They know, we know they have concentration camps. We know they have all the things that we are accusing each other of hating each other for because it happened 100 years ago. Or it had some bad, like as we evolved generation after generation and got better and got better and got better and got better, and got better somehow... It's my fault because of the skin I was born into and, and my place. But again, I'm not even going to go down there anymore. But what I'm saying is, is 
I am curious when I hear other people discussing why they lump them all together and silo out and compartmentalize and break us all apart when we all are American. I was riding with my husband and he got a new truck, which is so funny because the truck he had, which he loved and I thought was great, is so rare to find now that it was actually worth over 8000 more than he originally paid for it. So it became like a, a car, everyone knows it depreciates. They say, oh, you drive it off the lot. You know, you just lost 25% of its value. And it's true. We do it anyway, whatever, but it's true. And he actually was offered as a trade-in 8000 more than what his original sticker price was for it. So we agreed, downsize, get another, you know, get a little sweet tricked out Ranger that is brand new and actually make money. So that's what we did. Um, Got to leverage pandemic however you can, right? Especially with gas prices going up. And I saw a man on a motorcycle, but the motorcycle was, you know, like, uh, I couldn't even tell. I even said, was this a Honda or a Concours? But it had the bags and color and you could tell it was a You know, it's a motorcycle, but it's not the class for choppers, you know, like Harleys and, you know, that. Because the man on it was wearing the flat helmet that most Harley people wear in state-mandated helmet law states. I said that twice, sorry. And he was wearing what was, to me, a, um, a club jacket. A leather jacket and it said leatherneck something and it was in that style of he belongs to some type of club but it's you know the leather club that you would assume probably had choppers harleys you know indians that kind of thing but he was on this what i found out as we passed it was a honda it was a red honda with bags So any of you that understand what I'm trying to articulate will see how you could quickly be a, ha. And I started to, and then I thought, no. My husband has the Harley chopper for us when we want to go out and do our trips. And then he's got the fast ninja blah, 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 blah thing that he likes just to go out. In fact, he's on it right now because he wanted to go take it out on some country roads and lean in. Good for him. That's not my jam and he knows it and he doesn't even ask and he laughs about it because he's like, because I said, you know, I still could. And he goes, yeah, until I take off and then you get mad at me because I hate that. Those little bikes like that, they take off and you're like, you like, you have to hold on to them. That's stupid. Anyway, girls, make them get a Harley if you want to ride on the back. Anyway, I didn't, we were going to, I quickly left and I stopped because I thought that's a stereotype. This man is on a motorcycle. Who gives a shit if he's on a chopper or he's on a motorcycle. He is a part of the motorcycle group and you wave at him. You always wave. When motorcycles pass one another, they have this unofficial thing where they always stick their hands out. Even the passenger sticks their hands out. And it doesn't matter if it's a Goldwing to a Harley or a Ninja to a, I don't even know what, trike, but you do it because you recognize that you are one. And I thought, isn't that what we're all doing right now? 
we're mocking or making fun of people that are different than us, even though when we look at it all, we are under the same umbrella. We are all Americans. And that's a wonderful thing. We are the best country in the world, guys. There's 261, I think 261 companies. Think of it that way. There's 261 companies. Each company is plotted with its own culture, history, natural resources, talent and skill, labor force, investments, government system, and we as Americans get to pick whatever we, company we want and pr- have a pretty darn good one right now. We have a, you know, we have lots of fights over HR, which that's why they leave it up to each individual department so that, you know, each department, aka state, can decide what they want to decide. And then they drop that down into management and then management decides in their sub-departments and then those managers give them down to the workers and so on and so forth. And then that becomes your mayors and your counties. But I would say that pound for pound, we're the best company in the world. We got the best culture. We got the best natural resources. We're all diverse. Everyone wants to be here. Everybody else wants to quit their companies and come to our company because they love the benefits. And yet here we are, shitting in our own beds acting like we're a piece of shit company. And I'm like, we're the best company ever, and we're getting down on ourselves because we got a few viruses inside us. we got to eradicate the dicks. Tell the dicks you're not here anymore. Your intention is to be a dick, get out. If your intention, if you're being a dick, but you didn't mean to be a dick, and now that you see, you understand, you don't want to be a dick no more, and we can all just calmly, rationally let the best idea win, because isn't that ultimately what we should do? Is instead of saying you're either in bucket A or bucket B, it could be, I like some of what A is saying, but I think B also has a case here. So let's merge this piece, represent it to all of us and get a unanimous decision. That's what you have to do in companies or you have to get a majority vote, which I get that we have, but don't do it by one hand smacking the other because there's some black book of secrets that they all keep on one another and the blackmail and the corruption and all that shit. That's a bad company right there. I say start over, fresh elections. Every one of them have to re-elect. Every one of them. Our country's merged. And now you guys have to be re-interviewed to determine if you're fit for the position. All sides. And we're going to open up the black books. We're going to open them all up. There's no more secrets. Whoever was touching whose peener in the bar at the thing with the cokes and the whores and the sex trafficking and the interns and the dead bodies in the forest and the owls and bohemians and whatever all this shit is what you know what i'm talking about yeah just tell us all get it all out there and then have everybody reapply with new applicants we're going to open the positions up we can do this america come on just quit being dicks and then ask yourself am i being a dick Because believe me, there's a lot of people right now that I truly love. And I feel like they're being dicks to me. I don't know why they're being dicks to me. They don't ask me. They don't want me to tell them nothing. They're just like, well, this is what category we're putting you in. And therefore, you think this and you think this and you think this. So, I'm not even going to be around you. Like, cool, whatever. Meanwhile, in reality world, I'm curious. And I'm thinking, I wonder what they've listened to or what... 
what makes them think those kinds of things? Or I wonder if there are ways we could talk about it so I could understand it more. And not that I'm trying to convince them to change, because not. I just want them to quit being dicks about it. Like, let me ask you serious business questions. I always have, this is the thing, is like up until this shit storm of a lie that we are all living under, and I only say a lie because I don't know how many lies they are. I don't know what is truth and I don't know what is lie, which is why I question everything and also include historical experiences and exposure to remember why I know I feel I should challenge it. Anyway, I do all that because I want truth, peace, and what is best for everyone, everyone I want my children and my grandchildren to do better than me. But you know what that means? If they do better than me, they become privileged. And it doesn't even matter what color or race or gender or... I mean, you could have a dark-skinned, transgender daughter who believes that some of the things our current CEO is trying to do to this company is actually going to hurt our employees way more than it will ever hurt them. It's almost like they're cutting the bottom line to go save themselves. They're like jumping off the ship with the Titanic knowing that the bottom is going to get flooded and they're fine with that because they didn't put enough boats on it anyway. And we're all sitting here fighting with each other to try and get out of it to at least find one boat. It's madness. It's insanity. Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Because guess what, guys? We need an escape plan. We need to know how to keep this company running despite its leadership. And then we have to agree once and for all that the whole top level, the whole C-suite, all of them, there's more corruption than not. And thank God that there are a lot of them that are. And what we have to do is decipher intention to determine good on both sides so that they can keep their job while the rest reapply. Thank you. Good day. And there you have it. Another episode of Oh Hey Heather. I hope it has made you think of a story of your own or how you could relate to this one. Or if anything, just something you could enjoy. Thanks everyone and have a great one.